Welcome. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The gospel reading for this Sunday is from Mark chapter 9, reading at verse 38. Teacher, said John, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me, for whoever is not against us is for us. I tell you the truth. Anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. And if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where their worms does not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. I want to comment briefly about what God is saying to us through the words of his son, Jesus Christ, in this section. Very important. On those first couple verses, teacher... We saw a man driving out demons in your name and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Okay, pretty clear. Jesus is warning us against the not one of us attitude. Don't be jealous of other Christians just because they may not be a part of your own group. The other night I went to the Chris Tomlin concert. I saw a lot of other Christians there, some from my church and a lot, well, not from my church. Some had their hands up, antennas, I call them, trying to get better reception. Different. Some were clapping their hands. Different. Some had their hands in their pockets didn't know what to do with their hands. Some stood, some sat. But you know what? It's all okay. As far as I could tell, they were there for the same reason I was, enjoying some really good Christian music and thanking God for the witness that the prolific Christian songwriter has given to the world. For whoever is not against us is for us. Amen. Now, let's move on to verse, the next verse. If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, 
It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. Wow, listen to those words and let them sink in. Do you think children are valuable to God? I sure do. This last month in church, the Word of God has really impressed upon us the value of children and the need for the truth in their lives. God values all human life. He creates life. And then, get this, he entrusts us with the care and nurture and training and teaching and molding and modeling of his young, beautiful creation. I don't want to cause children to sin. I don't want to be part of the problem. So what should we do? And Jesus teaches us how not to cause children to sin. It's clear. First, take sin seriously in your own life. Really seriously. Because when we take sin seriously in our own life, we will be modeling to our children to take sin seriously in their lives. And that's probably one of the most important things you can do for your children. How do we take it seriously? Well, we deal with it quickly. I mean, Jesus is using a hyperbole here. It's a figure of speech that exaggerates to make a point. It's here to emphasize the need for drastic action. In other words, don't toy with sin. Don't minimize it. Don't brush it off as no big deal. It is a big deal. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have come and he wouldn't have died on the cross for our sin if it wasn't a big deal. The Bible says that sin separates us from God and the word hell is used here a few times. Anything that separates us from our creator, our provider, our source of all life. is not good for us. Therefore, sin ultimately kills us. I mean, let's think of it as an aggressive cancer. You don't mess with it. If at all possible, you get the best surgeon and you cut it out, if possible, before it does any more damage, before it spreads. And some of you are living proof that cutting it out saved your life. So too, sin is to be taken seriously in your own life and dealt with radically. This is so important for our own well-being and health. Of course, who wants to hold on to poison in their life? But Jesus says, this is really important for the well-being and health of our children because we're all in this together. So you watch your life closely lest a ch child stumble over it. Don't cause one of these little ones who believe in me to sin. But here's the problem. We do sin. It's hard for us to avoid it. We do sin. We do fail. And parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, yeah, admit it, you sin. 
And the young eyes are watching and they are learning and they are mimicking. So first of all, watch it closely in your own life. Avoid sinning yourself. Let's start there. And then, just as important, deal with it quickly if you do sin. And how do you deal with it quickly? Repentance. Being so sorry for our sin that we never want to sin again. So, repentance. Confess your sin to the ones you have offended. And pray to God, your Heavenly Father, for a changed heart. Immediately. How you deal with sin in your life is how your children will deal with it in their life. And if you don't take it seriously, they won't. If you do take it seriously and confess your sins immediately to God and to those you've offended and repent of them and your children see that, well, they will learn that this is something very important to do. Here's the clincher. What do most people do when they sin? Well, they lie. Most people avoid the truth when they sin. I mean, like, honestly, honesty is out the window when it comes to sin. They pass the buck, they make excuses, they blame someone or something else. Daniel 8 verse 12 speaks of a time when truth was thrown to the ground. Or Isaiah 59 15 says, truth is nowhere to be found. We live in a culture of denial, and it's so easy to default to that. But not so for the people of God. Jesus says, not so for you. We need to be honest about who we are and what we have done all the time. And we need to be honest about who God is and what he has done for us through his son Jesus Christ who died on the cross and paid the penalty for our sin. Because of that, God forgives us. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And later then, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. So there's another important thing we can do so we won't cause children to sin. Be truthful and model and teach our children to always be truthful about what they have done and then give them the good news about what God has done for them, the truth. Now, children who do not understand the importance of being truthful are susceptible in two ways. One, they can be easily led astray as naive children who believe everything they're told, or two, they can easily become liars who do not tell the truth. And in so doing, they begin an unhealthy and ungodly pattern that can cause great harm as they get older. And the stakes for dishonesty become higher and higher. To help a child learn about the importance of truth, it's so important that a parent lovingly and kindly welcomes the child to tell the truth when he or she is in trouble or does something wrong. If the parent is a safe person whom the child trusts, is seeking to help him or her grow to be a better person, he or she is more likely to come clean rather than have to get caught when he or she sins. To help set this precedence of honesty, 
it's so helpful for parents to be honest with their children even when they sin a parent telling the truth welcoming honesty praising truthfulness while still having consequences for lying will help shape a child in a direction of life-giving truth rather than death-inducing lies. Yeah, people big and small struggle most to tell the truth when they've sinned. To best protect a child from folly and harm, a parent must teach the child how to truthfully repent of sin. And I got this great example in the Bible I found. It's in Job chapter 1. Listen to these words. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man of all the people of the East. His sons used to take turns holding feasts in their homes, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would send and have them purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. So, what we learned from this example, Job was a blameless and upright man, a righteous man who loved God and shunned evil. In other words, he avoided sin and he dealt with it radically. Good for you, Job. How did he do that? He continually confessed his sins and even his children's sins or possible sins to God. Job's children, and there were 10 of them, occasionally threw parties, feasts, nothing wrong with that. They were probably celebrating their hard work and God's continual bountiful blessings. I mean, that's a lot of stuff they had. Lots of blessings. And Job was so concerned about the possibility, the possibility of his children sinning during these week-long celebrations that he would continuously repent on their behalf. Yep. He'd rise Early in the morning, he'd reconsecrate his children to God. And he'd offer burnt offerings. This is worship. Wow. Job was a wonderful parent. Job knew what his children were doing. He knew when it was possible that sin had occurred, and he confessed the probable sin before the sun came up the next morning. Point is, he took sin and repentance very seriously, and he modeled it to his children. Why does dad insist on getting up early every morning and praying? What's he praying about? You. He's praying about you. What a beautiful, beautiful example. Perhaps the worst thing a parent can do to very young children when they have sinned is send them to their room without instruction about why they are going there. If they have not been taught how to repent of sin and ask God for a changed heart, they will see their time as either punishment or playtime. This is because if they don't know how to confess, repent, and pray, they don't know what to do about their sin. So they just keep hanging on to it. 
What parents should do is teach their children to repent and repent with them and thereby model for them how to deal with sin. The best place to take our sin is to our sin bearer, to Jesus Christ our Savior. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he cares for you. The truth is that when we tell the truth, God is quick to allow us to experience the relief of forgiveness that Jesus provides. The truth about our sin is the bad news and the truth about Jesus is the good news. Our children need to know both. The truth of their sin and its ability to separate and the truth of their Savior and his ability to forgive and to save so they can live in the freedom of a clear conscience. Remember, we're all in this together. So we help one another and encourage one another in this battle against sin. We teach ourselves. We teach our children. We forgive as we've been forgiven. This is what God's people do with the help of God's Holy Spirit living in their lives. This is why we spend so much time and resources on children's ministry. Because we don't want to cause them to sin. We want to give them the truth. This is why we fly up north and drive up north. Because those children, they need to know the truth. I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Amen.